What's up, guys? It is Wednesday, June 17th. This week on the podcast, I bring back a crypto artist and friend, Coldy, for part two. We have a great conversation, and I think you guys will love it, so let's just jump right in. So, as always, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain and crypto art. Enjoy. No, it looks pretty, looks pretty sweet. You should definitely make an NFT out of it if you can. Yeah, I'm going to, that's kind of the hard part with the, so the rare art lab ones, they're ERC 20s. So I'm kind of being true to the art side of it mm. and not completely duplicating it, but it's actually on the short list of, with, with my new stuff, I know how to make it look cool. Well, what is it exactly? Like, I see like two little faces there. I see a. Um, here, angle. let me, hold on one sec. I can just. You want, want me to walk you up to it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's got two heads. It's like So basically, this is like, um, I was into like a lot of fringe, just weird ass shit. Mm-hmm. And this would be, someone had this like theory that there's like an underground earth, like a hollow earth type of thing. Uh-huh. I was like, wow, that's pretty freaking trippy. So I just, uh, and they, they said something, there's like underground pyramids that would like power the above earth. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow make a piece of art about that no but it's a cool close-up um, yeah 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 so yeah it's, a, it's actually one of my favorite pieces and i, I want to do more um i want to do more physical pieces i've been stuck in nft land for fucking two years and right. don't get me wrong it's it's awesome but this is what i like started making and that's like i just love making physical art yeah, there's no substitute for the real thing. I mean, yeah. NFTs are great, but I mean, it's kind of nice to hang something in your house or have something that really does light up. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. You probably do both, honestly. No, I can. It's the hard part for me. Like, it's it's like a, a time and resource issue because mm-hmm. the amount of time it makes to make that thing is like ten times more than it is to make the NFT version. Mm-hmm. And I just have so little time that I end up making like the NFT version. And then it's like, oh shit, you know, just life gets in the way. And then I just don't make the physical thing. So I need to change that. That's right. Is it building it that's the issue or acquiring the materials or is it just a time, time issue? It's all of it. Cause the, that version that you're looking at is a completely different file setup than the NFT version. Mm-hmm. So it might, look the same somewhat when I sell both of them, but it's completely different architecture for like the file setup. And then, then the printing is its own uh, fiasco of um, I'll send, I have a, um, I have a, my friend who I've met way back when I was in just doing 3d photography, like 10 years ago, he has a, a lenticular company. So he's like the printing pro. And printing a lenticular is no easy game. Right. So he's like my confidant. So like I, I'll, I'll prep the files and I'll send it to him. But then there's this like back and forth. Like I'm in the middle of one I could, I could talk about. Sure. Um, and basically I, I send him the files. He sends me back like a proof. And rarely is that the, the one we go with. Like usually there's, there's either, oh shit. I messed up 
with all the depth. So, you know, let me do another round. Um, so it's, it's just very labor intensive. What's the one you're working on right now? Um, let's see, I can show you. Are we, are we, is this, are we just going live now? Are we yeah, going? I'm just kind of recording it and then I'll okay. fix everything later. Okay, cool. Perfect. So yeah, this is my, uh, decentralized, uh, portrait series. Oh yeah. I remember that one. That so cool. I'm doing the, the Winklevoss twins, obviously. The Winklevoss. And, um, <laughs> I've, it's fun because I, first of all, I've never done uh, like a landscape portrait and mm -hmm. especially with two people. So it just adds these different options and peculiar things that come up when you have two people in one scene. So um, just technically um, there's just uh, some things around the eye. There's just some kind of minute details to me mm -hmm. that just aren't ready for, for prime time yet. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's just an example of, you know, I, I send the files and when I'm looking at them on the computer, I think, great, this is dialed and it's ready to go. And I send it to him and then he, he doesn't really know the difference of what I'm going for. So he just prints what I give him, right. which is good. That's his job. And then he sends them back and then he, then, um, I'm like, oh shit, totally not what I intended. And then that's just the problem solving of what caused the problem. How do I fix it? And then I learn, which is the, the best thing. And then I send them the new files. Um, so this one's actually going to be a lot, a lot of work because I realized that something I have to do early on in the process. So, mm. but the uh, communication between the guy putting them together and you is improving. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've always been on, on, on a great level. Mm -hmm. I think, what's happening is I keep um, going to like new levels of, of like understanding and process. Mm -hmm. So like when I did that one back there, it was um, a lot more basic of a, of a process because I just wanted to like get something like done and it's the 3d is still good, but my 3d now is like 10 times better than what that 3d is. Mm -hmm. So I'm always, the goal on each thing is to like improve on the last one. So when I'm doing that, I fall on my face 90% of the time because I, yeah, you know, you have to fail. So, sure. you know, that one was a, a process fail and um, which is all good. It's just part of the game. Right. Well, you have to fail every once in a while to get better at what you're doing and obviously you're refining things. So, I mean, hopefully that helps you with your process and, you know, creating these cool pieces um, you know, and then maybe you'll be able to create some more physical ones in the future, you know, cutting down some of that, that process or that misunderstanding that can happen. It's like, as an artist, I think you'd be really difficult now that I think about it to like communicate, like what you're trying to create just so you can get certain things built or certain materials, like all that stuff's up here. Right. So it'd be kind of, yeah. I imagine there's a bit of a, a lag there trying to explain that sometimes when you're trying to like get something created. Yeah. And he, he's like a really great collaborator and you know, he definitely has some um, creative problem solving when I hit a wall and I'm like, dude, I'm trying to do this thing. Like in your technical world, do you know of a process? And he's totally helpful to be like, Oh, um, try X, Y, and Z, which might've hung me up for a year trying mm -hmm. to like figure it out myself. 
that's kind of like that. It's, it actually is like a true relationship of it's copacetic. You know, he, he likes to see me thrive because, you know, it's, it's good for everyone. You know, he's, he's a printer. So, um, right. If I'm printing and I'm happy, then, you know, we both win. Have you displayed any of your physical pieces like in a, at a, like an exposition or a museum or a conference or. Yeah. When I first, I, I've done gallery shows outside of crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually had, um, it's actually pretty rare for a, a stereoscopic image to get into like a traditional gallery show. Mm-hmm. And I've had two of my pieces get into national juried shows. So um, all my 3D nerds are like super stoked for me. And like, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's funny. Most of these guys are in their, you know, 50s or 60s or 70s. Because right. This art, this art thing, um, like stereo stuff is, is an old man's game when you really like look at the history of it. So in their mind, the fact that anybody's getting into any show, it's just good for the whole 3D stereo world. Mm-hmm. So um, I've done that. Um, and then just like crypto shows, what I started doing early on was um, I'm, I live somewhat close to San Francisco, driving distance. So what I would do is when a show would come around, I would just email the, the organizer. And this was like two years ago and just said, Hey, um, I don't, I don't know if you have any extra room or you need some more, you know, visual pop for your event, but I'd be happy to, to cruise in and, and do a art show. Right. And, right. and they would just be like, what? Like they're like, and then they were all, they always said yes, but it was like, it was before conferences are what they are now, I would say, where it was truly like a speaker panel, a breakout session, lunch, networking, go home, right? It was very clinical. Mm-hmm. And the thought of entertainment wasn't even on like the radar at all. So they, they were like, holy shit. Yeah, you're, so you're going to do this for free? Like you just want to come, you just want to come do this? I said, well, you know, for me, it's like, mm-hmm. well, it's an art show. I get to meet some really interesting people and, you know, just do the same thing, network and talk about art. That's really all I ever want to do. And great exposure too. You get in front of people, name brand recognition. Yep. Yep. And I met some random people at the time who I, you know, didn't know. We, We just randomly met and we're still friends now. And we still laugh about this random little ass show I went to that there was like 20 people at it. You know, like, but it didn't matter because I met like three good people out of 20. So like, I could go to a huge show in LA and maybe meet one good person out of 10,000. Right. <laughs> no, I love going to some of those shows um, or the expos that they do, some of the crypto ones, even the small ones. Uh, you meet so many people. Um, so many of them are friends of mine still. Um, at Every single time I, I dive into one, always meet someone new. It's really cool. Um, Imagine that's the same for you as well. You, it's a cool way to kind of get connected with more people in the crypto space. I've definitely gotten more connected with people uh, through crypto voxels that way. Um, and jumping into the discords. Man, you meet so many people in the space. Everyone's eager to show you what they're doing. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a little, it's a little overwhelming in a good way because, you know, you go through life and everyone's sharing and, you know, it's, I'm always like down to listen to somebody like Mm -hmm. whether it's 
whether I'm interested or not, whether they just want to get something off their chest and share, you know, let's do it. Let's, but in this space, a lot of those ideas are like revolutionary, like mm -hmm. thoughts that I just like, I catch myself like, holy shit, like this is another good one. Like mm -hmm. this, the, the, the turds are, are sinking. And people yeah. are pretty loud too. Like they want to be heard. Like it's not only are they, you know, being creative and innovative, um, but they're like very loud about it and they're very out there. And so you see it all the time and everyone's trying to, you know, push their idea um, or their concept. And this thing is why you get so much innovation from different angles in this industry. Yeah. And very it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to go to these shows. Like I went to, um, it was in, 2018, I think it was the Ethereum hackathon in mm -hmm. San Francisco. And I was still really, really fresh into crypto in general. Like I had a, I had a general idea, right. but when I went to this hackathon, it was a three day, 24 hour show. And I got a, a private show, which they just said, bring, I literally had my car packed to the gills with artwork. And there was so much room. I, if I had two car loads, I could have like set it all up. So I had this like <laughs> over the top show and I literally hung out there for, you know, I probably slept six hours a night. I don't know why I was there so much. It was just so exciting. And where are you based? Um, I'm up above Sacramento. So more kind of oh. in the, towards like Tahoe in the Hills. Oh, that's a beautiful area. Yeah. Yeah. I, love Tahoe. yeah I, I have Tahoe like, from here to the slopes, I could be be to them in less than an hour. So that's that's, that's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't do it enough, but like whenever I do get up there, it's just like how I just am. I grew up in this area, so mm -hmm. it's almost like I I kind of take it for granted in a sense until I go there every single time, and it's like holy shit, this is like just so beautiful. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't been skiing up there yet. Like I grew up in Oregon. And um, also spent a lot of time in Vegas, um, which is kind of where I'm from uh, now, I guess, um, even though I'm stuck in Columbia. But <laughs> um, I was always driving by Tahoe every single year, a couple times a year, driving uh, back and forth between Oregon and Vegas, passing Tahoe. and just like, when am I going to ski? When am I actually going to get up there on the slopes and ski? And I've been there a bunch, just haven't gone skiing. It's like one of the dumbest things that I have not done. Um, it's so beautiful. Even the summer too. Lake is. Oh cool. yeah. Yep. Yeah. The hiking, uh, just, I mean, Lake Tahoe with a canoe. I mean, oh, yeah. you can't beat it. <laughs> <It's> just, <No. laughs> the uh, crystal clear water. The, the thing about Tahoe mm -hmm. is they're so stringent on their boat regulations there. Mm -hmm. Like you have to get, they're checking the bottoms or checking everything. Mm -hmm. So when you take a canoe into Tahoe, like you're looking down freaking. I don't even know 50. I don't know. It just goes forever. You can see deep, deep, deep. Yeah. We do a couple of times we go to Tahoe, we'd bring our boat and they'd flush our whole system for algae and they'll check for mussels and stuff like that. Um, they're so, so paranoid about keeping Tahoe clean and blue. And I, I don't blame them. Like I'd want to do that too, but they're very strict about it. Like they will not let your, you with your boat come in at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you've got, if you haven't gotten those checks properly. Um, but man, it is a beautiful lake. I got to get back there soon. <laughs> well, if you, if you ever make it out there, hit me up. We'll, we'll meet up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll do a crypto 
boating event or something. We should. Yeah, just get a little like little uh, barge out there. Yeah. Well, they got a lot of houses right there on the lake. A lot of, um, I think a lot of them you can rent out and there's got a, there's some lounges out there. We could probably host events. It'd be pretty cool. Have a crypto event on the water. That'd be pretty sweet. That would actually probably be tangible. That'd be, that'd be pretty sick. Yeah. So you only need to do it for, let's, I don't know, maybe a weekend, a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's feasible. Yeah, that'd be sweet. You, got, you have South Lake Tahoe there at the, with the casinos too. So it can be, mm-hmm. you have plenty of party to do as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm partial towards North Lake Tahoe, but I mean, I've, yeah. I've been around the whole thing. So, um, all kind of depends on what you're looking for, but man. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good ideas. And keep that in mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> now I want to do that. <laughs> I mean, how's, how's COVID affecting you? Um, kind of being in California up North a bit. Is that affecting your work at all or giving you more time to work? Um, kind of both. So the place I work, um, we went totally work from home. And I think it's on, geez, I don't even know. Like if this is like week 10 or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm used to driving into work. So it cuts down my commute by a lot. Obviously, no commute. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it gives me, it actually, I would say I'm, probably more efficient with my, my actual work and also my artwork because there's a little bit of, of play between the two. If I have like something I have to get off my mind, I could jump over and just like get the idea down in 15 minutes and then hop back instead of like it percolating in my brain. And that kind of just gets me all angsty. So right. it's good to just like get that off onto, onto some sheet and then, um, keep going. So it's, it's been good. good. But the, you know, the work life balance is hard when you're always at your same location. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. You know, the pandemics affected everybody in very different ways. Some people doing well, some struggling. It's been very interesting for me. Came down yeah. to Columbia in February, got stuck and wasn't allowed to leave at the end of March. Uh, Cause they shut down all the international flights. Um, so now I'm, my visa clock is on pause. So I'm just indefinitely in Colombia until they start the visa clock again. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. And they locked us down pretty hard for about two months where we couldn't leave our apartments um, except for going to like the grocery store. And you could only go to the grocery store like once a week. It was pretty, uh, pretty restricted. It was not fun. Um, but it was kind of good from, you know, growing the podcast and getting work done and stuff like that it made me focus on it. I was so bored. <laughs> I didn't have anything else to do. So like I bought a PS4, played that half the time. The other half the time I worked on something and felt very productive. But now I'm able to get an office, which is great because they gave me a permit to work. Uh, I don't know how I got that permit to work, but I did. <laughs> um, so could you, in theory, not that you want to stay longer but would that allow you to to work there more yeah um combines with the fact that my visa clock is on pause and they can't um kick me out of the country for my visa expiring so i'm just here indefinitely that's how how it works for all the foreigners which is great which means i can stay longer without having to file my extension which i did but my extension tacks on to the end of the the visa clock once it starts again. Oh, wow. Because the migration office is closed. So 
I can't apply for a visa. I can't get an extension. I can't leave the country because all the international flights are canceled. So I'm, I get to be here for free, like every other foreigner. It's kind of cool, um, which works in my favor. And then kind of like planning it out, just applied for a permit, magically was able to get it. So got mm-hmm. an office. Um, now that I have an office and I have a permit to work, I can kind of do whatever I want and be outside while everyone's stuck inside. <laughs> Jeez. So Good it's, for you. I know. It's been a weird situation. That just a gringo walking the streets able to work and, um, <laughs> and do normal things while everyone's stuck inside in quarantine. It's been, uh, it's been interesting. But it's been good for me. Uh, I've been able to get a lot of work done because of it. That's wild. Yeah, everything's so much cheaper than it was. Like everything was already cheap in Colombia, but it got even cheaper. Cool. Um, apartments, offices, everything. So I'm just out just buying shit <laughs> left <laughs> and right, taking advantage of it. Do, do uh, people take crypto at all out there? They're starting to. Yeah. Um, there's like select restaurants and bars that'll accept Bitcoin. Uh, I run into them every once in a while, which is pretty cool. Um, there's a couple over the desk crypto exchanges um, that you can physically go to, or I can WhatsApp them with my phone and say, hey, I need to buy some Bitcoin or I want to sell some Bitcoin for pesos. And they're like, no problem. Send us the Bitcoin and come pick it up tomorrow or the next day. And then I just go pick up my, my pesos and good to go it's kind of nice um i also got some crypto atms here which is kind of helpful um some of them are 24 hours which is great and that kind of allows you to buy and and sell some some bitcoin some crypto pretty quickly i mean other than that uh the banks aren't really on board with it yet sure so you can't uh there's really no exchange in Colombia and, and the banks won't let you connect to one if you have a Colombian bank account. So there's an issue there still, but the government on the other hand is very, very interested. Um so they're they're pushing for some crypto regulations to come out hopefully soon. I know the pandemic has slowed that down, but they're they're definitely working on it. They want to put in some voting solutions. Um they want to get businesses using it, create some mm. social money with tokens and stuff like that. All kinds of cool ideas. So hopefully I can ride that wave and maybe something cool opportunistically will pop up for me here. But uh, it's a fun place to live, man. It really is. It's awesome. That's good. Yeah, it's a good place to be stuck. Great place to be stuck. <laughs> the weather's beautiful and there's amazing food and... <laughs> And, and you're saying you have friends there, so you have a little network as well. Yeah, yeah, I do have friends, which helps a lot. Um, they can get me pretty much anything I need, so I can always talk to them if I have issues. But I mean, other than that, everything's pretty pretty simple. It's it's very first world here. Most people don't really realize that. You think of Colombia as you know, uh, one of those dangerous cocaine capitals and <laughs> with criminals and... Sure. Uh, petty larceny and things like that. But I mean, it's, it's very clean. It's one of the safest cities I've ever been in, in Medellin. I've never had an issue here. Um, I've had tons of problems in LA and Vegas. Um, never had an issue in Medellin, not once. Huh. That's good. Actually, my friend's fiance is from Colombia, and he was down there actually just before COVID hit and mm-hmm. he was sending me all these pictures and it was the same thing he was saying. 
Like it gets a bad rap for what it is. Yeah, it's the people here are really trying to change that image. So they take care of you if you're a foreigner. You know, they're very nice to you. They're working really hard to change their image internationally. Um, and while it's still not a wealthy country by any means, it's growing very quickly. Like every time I come back here, there's a new tower going going mm. straight up. They're building vertical. There's no room in the cities anymore, so they're like growing up on the hills now, which is a good sign. Um, yeah, and I think crime rates have been like the lowest they've ever been in Colombia over the last like five years, at like a dramatic drop. Um, so it's like one of the safest cities in all of Latin America. Definitely a place you should come check out sometime after quarantine. Highly yeah, recommend. I'd love to. Yeah, especially if you're still stuck down there. We'll. we'll hang out yeah absolutely do some party absolutely um have you done anything in crypto voxels lately um i'm working on i have a a cat charity um a cat art show for a charity called kitty bungalow and um so i've i've been uh donating artwork to the charity for a couple years and last year I got a, um, I got some of my crypto people involved. I got Crypto Kitties, uh, Crypto Caillou. Um, he did these, uh, he does these uh, physical hey. Crypto Kitties. Nice. And they're they're NFT'd. They're really really sweet. So he he donated one of those. I ended up buying it, which is like the um, the charity trap where you like donate okay. something and then you start buying shit too. Right. <laughs> So um, last year we did great. We we raised a whole bunch of money for them that they were not expecting, and even before COVID hit, um, the leader of the the art show, who I'm a long time, she's my old old boss at LA Weekly, so we're good friends. She said, "Well, why don't we why don't we do this bigger?" And I offered to do one in Crypto Voxels, just a virtual show, and she just jumped on it and said, "We're happy to help. Whatever you need." So, um, you know, COVID hit and now everything's virtual. So it kind of, uh, played well into that. Um, so yeah, I've been working on building out the parcel and I have a whole bunch of cat themed art that people donated async did actually there's, I think there's like three different pieces that are going to be part of the show that are all cat themed, Mm -hmm. uh, super rare, had a whole bunch of their, um, artists. So it's going to be a cool show. Um, yeah. And and like ogre and myth space and, um, uh, Trippiagi, there's a bunch of these builders who are doing, uh, some like cat sculptures that are going to be around. And then we're going to auction the, the voxel, um, the mega boxes and all that. So it's going to be, um, I think pretty, pretty fun show. Nice. When is it, you know, the date, um, it's slated for the 26th, but uh, I think that's going to get pushed out a little bit because of uh, just everything that's going on. Not the, not the exact perfect time for a, a charity event. Mm. So uh, we're still nailing that down, but uh, it's going to be in July. Very cool. It, no, it'd be really cool if there was like a business that like just did nothing but 3D print your NFTs. You just sent them your NFT. They 3D printed it. They shipped it back to you. That'd be pretty cool. 
Kind of like your cat back there. Yeah, totally. That could be a thing. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool to like have a parcel 3D printed. Like if you build like a, a little building or a little tower or something cool, get it 3D printed or a cat or a crypto punk or um, one of the other billions of things out there. Yeah, that'd be a cool, cool business, cool service. Well, sounds like you got the office space for it. Just uh... yeah. Well, I need a 3D printer. Those things aren't cheap, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, there's a there's a dude a couple offices down from me because uh, I'm in a co-working space because uh, it had incredible deals down here, which was ridiculous. Um, there's an office like a um, couple couple offices down from me that they have a 3D printer. It's pretty freaking sweet. <laughs> every once in a while he comes in loads it up with something and just starts printing so cool oh, man i really need to get one it sounds like you're set up just uh bring that guy in i know and next time he comes in i'm gonna knock on his door and be like hey yeah. can, can you print a cat for me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome yeah those are fun i wish i had one but uh not not in the cards right now do you know how much they run right now i i don't know the last time I checked, it was like five to seven grand for like a good Oh, shit. Okay. I'm not sure I want to spend that kind of moolah yet, but I'm going to consider it. That would be, be pretty sweet. Have you bought anything new in CryptoVoxels? Because I saw that they had islands come out now. It was like floating, floating parcels. Because um, I hadn't been in this Discord for like a month or so. So I was kind of unaware. And then I saw the auctions on OpenSea. And I bought one. They're pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I kind of, I kind of snoozed on, I snoozed on them at first, and so I, personally, I'm having a little bit of trouble. The fact that they're adding more land, it kind of just like yeah. made me a little sad. But I get, I totally understand it. So I, I was kind of like my little resistance against buying more plots. <laughs> right. But um, I, I probably, if I could buy more, I would. Um, but at the same time, I think it's good if lots of new people get plots, not that I'm not like any plot whale, but, um, it's yeah. good to see fresh, fresh faces coming in being super excited rather than, Oh, I got another one, like add it to the list. Yeah. I know that feeling. I, I know we were talking about it for quite a while. We were talking about this like almost a year ago. Like what happens when we run out of parcels and origin city is completely full. Did we start a new city? Do we cap it? What do we do? Um, so I think the now the notion is that since Warden City is like completely full, um, well, there's still things you can buy, but I mean, everything's minted now. Um, the only things that I think they're going to mint would be something kind of unique and different. Like I know he wanted to do some floating cities in the sky, so that's hence the islands that he put out. I think you want to do some underground stuff. Um, I'm not sure if, if Ben's going to push beyond that, but yeah, there's a, there's a pretty big debate on that that we've been having for a while. You know, do we create more parcels for more people to come in Would that dilute what's already there? Um, I mean, it's pretty small compared to like Decentraland though, which has far, far more owners and parcels. So, I mean, realistically, it could scale up, but it was a lot of work. I don't know if he's going to grow it much more, so I don't know. But 
I think some of the unique parcels like on those islands are pretty cool. I bought at least one. It's kind of cool to be up, up in the air a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, personally, if there was a way to have like special abilities for origin city, like some type of added value or, you know, if the islands were, I mean, I like the idea of having like apartment towers where mm-hmm. you could have people having their own little space and they could put a piece of artwork on their, like a little apartment. You could have your own little nook. Mm-hmm. Then the larger parcels would be, you know, more, you know, just more in demand and different. Right. So uh, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm just having fun. It did not, at yeah, the end of the day, it doesn't truly matter to me, but uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just happy that I have a couple parcels I can build on and uh, I don't have to know unity or any 3d modeling to do it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of for fun for me too. Like I have no idea where the project will end up, but um, there is some value in it. If people, you know, actually jump into it in VR as much as they you know promote for Decentraland. So that's why I own a bunch. But other than that, I have so much fun with it. Just kind of, you know, goofing off and creating weird shit. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of, I kind of didn't get into some of the other spaces and I probably, now I'm like trying to get some little plots at least on, on each one, just so I have something. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to like, I kind of missed the boat on some of the, the early sales. I even walked around some of them and for whatever reason, I just wasn't feeling it. And then, you know, right. that 10 X. Yeah. yeah, I I completely skipped Decentraland because they were they were selling parcels long before you could even go in world, like way way back. And and I remember them being super expensive. Some of them, which was ridiculous. Um, CryptoVox was on the other hand, they had very few parcels when they started, but you could go in world. So I, I think that was kind of just what attracted me to them more it felt like it was something that was going to actually be real because you could actually go there from the beginning versus decentraland where you're kind of hoping and betting on them actually creating this thing and you just bought a partial that may or may not ever exist Um, i'm glad they do now (laughs) but to me that's a little scary i wouldn't ever want to pay some some of the amounts people offered i saw like six figure offers on some of them which is ridiculous crazy man <laughs> i don't know who spends that kind of money on an nft <laughs> or the the f1 or the formula one cars some of those went for like six figures it's wow. mind-boggling well i mean some of those same cats float around super rare and you know they just the pockets don't seemingly end so bless them you know it's like mm-hmm. it gives the artists you know, money to be artists. So, you know, I, I'm definitely uh, stoked that they're around and that they find value in all these NFTs. Like, like I do. I mean, I, I I basically went all in and uh, it's, I think it's going to lead to something bigger and who knows where we're at in that roadmap. Right. Do you think that they just see, you know, some of these NFTs as art in general more than, just the utility right away. Cause it's, it seems like there's so many quote unquote whales or bag holders that come in. They just, they pay an exorbitant amount of money for an NFT that has really no use other than, you know, maybe claiming that it's art. I mean, from your perspective, do you think that it's just the fact that they see this space as artistic 
and maybe value that way? Um, I think there's maybe like two, there's two tracks. I mean, obviously it's a lot of speculation on the artist itself. Mm -hmm. So if they see somebody and they think I could turn one F into 10 and you quantify that out, then that's kind of just hedging your Ethereum investment. If you, cause I think if you think that artwork can out accelerate Ethereum, then you're almost, it's almost like an arbitrage or I don't know what the exact word would be, but you're just, mm -hmm. You're, you're putting it over here. And if this art five X's before the Ethereum does, then you can sell that and that maybe you still want Ethereum the whole time. Mm. Um, it's a good hedge. It's a good hedge for sure. Yeah. And I think that, you know, on top of that, there's just the historical blockchain side of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like there's different people. So a lot of my art is blockchain themed and I think that there's a, there's a historical context to the collecting. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit different than just a beautiful illustration of a flower or whatever it is. You know, like yeah. I think there's, there's different gauges of, of why people buy different stuff. Right. Yeah. I, th I see a lot of it has to do re with reputation too. Um, sure. You know, some artists in the space being around in crypto for as long as they have and putting out, artwork um you know that kind of builds your crypto art reputation i guess so i see a lot of people buy simply because they follow the artist and they, they wait for the artist to drop something new um because there's a lot of you know quote unquote crypto art out there oh yeah um, i mean but what di differentiates it i think it just obviously is the artist no different than in the real world yeah no i totally agree i think it was maybe a little easier a year or two ago to delineate the difference because there was just a, a, a way less factor of people involved right now. Mm. I think it I, personally, I think it went through waves because, you know, started early, early on with, you know, physical artists like crypto graffiti who would do these like obviously Bitcoin themed artworks that it was not hard to say like, well, that is crypto art by definition, it's crypto and it's art. So that's easy. But then, when you start getting people who are, are doing art that isn't about crypto, but it is based on crypto, then it, it's, it's kind of becomes a definitions game. Mm -hmm. And even now I think we're in, you know, maybe the, the third, like round three of crypto art where it went from, you know, physical and then into like digital crypto themed mm -hmm. where, where it was still probably a little heavier crypto, um, the, the artwork itself was themed crypto, mm -hmm. but now I'm seeing a, a proliferation of uh, just, you know, 3D modeling artists who are masters at their game coming in. But it, to me, there's not that connection to the movement itself. It's, it's artists across the world who are using the technology to sell digital, which is by far like, so paramount to anything right but it, it there's a line in the sand in terms of like collectors of of what what your flavor or what you're what you're going after right makes sense no i think some of it or a lot of it will be driven by regulation too because an nft is a standalone token um i, I think 
you know, at least in the U.S., at some point when we get some more regulations that come out, they're going to have to classify an NFT as property, um, you know, very similar to something like art in general in the real world. So, you know, there might be a lot of benefits of just owning as many NFTs as possible. Um, even if they are super cheap, you never know what one could be worth something someday. Um, sure. Yeah, so I just, I buy as many as I can. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat. I think I'm, I'm definitely, I, I have my own like personal taste, but there's, I mean, sometimes I'll buy a piece, an NFT for $6 mm. that is just beautiful. And, and it's just, it hits that right button and whatever they're going after, it was just right. And sometimes that piece gives me more joy than a piece that might sell for like a thousand dollars. Right. You know, it's, and I think that's just part of being an, an, an art collector or an art appreciator is looking past the label of the name and, you know, and just appreciating art for art's sake, because I mean, it doesn't matter like, who has a reputation. Those, that's all a superfluous thing that means nothing. Right. But, and it's just, you know, there's so many people flooding into the space right now that that's its own task every day is going on each platform and just seeing what's new because you skip out on a platform for even two months and you've missed like 10 new artists that are like popping amazing shit, you know, like they're all every single platform. There's just so many people. And on Twitter, I, you know, there are so many people that are, are crypto artists that I literally just don't know because of lack of time and research. And I see it and they've been tokenizing for two months and it's like, Holy shit. I, I totally missed the boat. Yeah. Even though I haven't, but it's just like, what, where have you been? Like, how, how do I not know about you? Right. See, I used to use additional, um, cause yeah, I could create art really, really easily and I could collect a ton of it for completely for free. Um, there's some beautiful pieces that I got completely for free that I imagine will be worth something in the future, or at least I'd want to hang in my house. <laughs> um, but I think they got shut down, unfortunately, or they shut themselves down. Um, couldn't keep it open. But um, what what's a good like NFT or way to create an NFT? Like if you're an artist or you're someone that just wants to create one, is OpenSea the best way to go with their storefront now, or is or can you still go through Super Rare? Have they is that process easier? Is there something else that you like to use? Just kind of curious. You know, I mean, I started just because I started back when it was a lot less um, full. I mean, mm -hmm. I, so I started, you know, I was telling you I started on Rare Art Labs and that was like an email away. It wasn't like super hard to get into the platforms at that time. Mm -hmm. So I was on there and then I was on Super Rare. And at that point I was, I just liked Super Rare and it was, it, it kind of went with my ethos of, of one of ones. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I have tried OpenSea just to understand how it works and it's super, super basic. You know, you can do, like you said, a, a marketplace, a storefront mm -hmm. and, um, there's no curation. So that's like the, that's the only other side of a place like super rare is you have to basically, uh, send them examples of your work and then they'll 
you know, whitelist you onto being a, a tokenizer. Right. And I think it's, um, there's no difference in a sense of making the digital art. And I think I, I always feel sad when I, I see somebody upset that they didn't get onto super rare and it kind of like deflates their artistic ethos. You know, like it's, I, I think anybody who wants to make art should uh, apply to whatever platform, mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter if you're on super rare, like then change the art. So I've, right. I've seen amazing stuff on um, OpenSea. Um, I think the hard part on OpenSea is finding new art because it's so vast and there's, you know, there's anything from uh, collectibles to gaming tokens. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's huge. Then there's ones like uh, Rarible that I've seen a lot of new artists getting onto and that's not a curated uh, entry. Right. So for me, a, a nice roadmap is, you know, obviously um, applying everywhere, but if, if you have things you need to get off your mind and get into NFT land, you can do it on both of those. And that could actually help you later on with, with the, with the curated exchanges, because they can look back at what you've done and then they can say, Oh, he's done these 10 pieces that are, that are, they're on point. You know, they, they fit the, whatever, whatever their standards or the, whatever they're looking for. I don't know, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like a portfolio. Like when I was, uh, when I applied for jobs as an artist, I, like when I first started, I had boards, like printed boards in a suitcase that I would pull out and hand people. And this is that same thing where you got to have like a body of work to get to a, a platform, like um, a curated platform, any of them. Mm -hmm. So you got to start somewhere. You, right. you know, and I, I, I just think that anybody who wants to do it should not be dissuaded because somebody said you weren't ready for their platform. Like, right. There's, I know super rare is pretty exclusive in some ways. They, they really are very picky. Um, but that's why some people want to be on it because you know, the community, if you're in that community, you get recognized more just in the crypto world. Um, yeah. so I guess when you tell people, Hey, you can do it on open sea for free. It's super easy. And they're like, yeah, cool. But I'm not going to get the same recognition as if I was on super rare. You know, I can kind of understand that in some ways. Um, but it's against, you know, the portfolio you put together and the work you put in, it's not necessarily just a platform you're on. Uh, I know people that are crypto artists like you that are on doing everything through OpenSea and doing awesome, doing fantastic. So it's all relative. I think, I think the, the part that some of the platforms like super rare that really benefit the artists is they, they have their own like marketing wing in a mm -hmm. sense. So if you're on Rarible or, you know, OpenSea, for example, it's a, it's a DIY marketing. You gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta be the hustler. You still have to hustle just as much, but something about the, the super rare platform is, you know, they're always, they're always retweeting and liking and helping get that like algorithm out into Twitter or whatever, right. uh, Instagram. So I think, that is one benefit of getting into those is they, they are very supportive with the community. So it's just, it's just stepping stones. You know I mean? Is super rare the end of the game? I mean, it just depends on what, 
it's it's a it's a great platform, and I love those guys. But I mm. I don't think people's end game should be like, even if I made it to super rare, it's like, well, that's awesome. But like, what art are you making? Like that's right. that's the real question because I've seen plenty of stuff on super rare that I'm personally not a fan of, and I it's not I'm not the the taste maker, but um I, I just think that people need to make their best art and not worry about where it's being sold. Exactly. That's good advice too. I think we'll end it there too. I got a, I got a run in a few, but cool. um, dude, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. It's super fun. I love chatting. Yeah. I love having these chats too. They're always, always great. And I know a lot of people love them. So yeah, man, appreciate it. Um, and I like the video. It's a little bit more easier yeah. to like have a rapport. Exactly. So you can see someone's face. It feels a little bit more natural and I love, love being able to see like what you're physically doing too, like your artwork and you know, um, your, your cat. And <laughs> um, can, I, can I quickly hold a couple of uh, lenticulars yeah. up? Yeah, go for it. Whatever you got. I don't want to like waste your time, but. Oh no, no, you're good. So I got a, uh, this is my, you can kind of see the weak. depth on this one. I like the astronaut. So this was, the first one I did on uh, Rare Art Labs mm -hmm. um, back in the day, and I did a new riff on it in Lenticular. And that actually, that NFT on Rare Art Labs or ERC20 is at Coinbase headquarters. So that's kind of a cool little. I remember uh, that one. That one's cool. So that's my Andreas. I, I really like the 3D on that one. It came out nice. This is my uh, my my Snowden that hasn't really been released yet, but it just got finished. Nice. Yeah, I love those designs. I like how they pop out. And then this is the uh, the original Vitalik. <laughs> they look way better in person because they actually pop off the page. But if you kind of think, I can see it pretty well on Zoom. Yeah, it, it pops out. So these are. Those are, those are the ones I love. That's what, that's why the events are great. Cause people can actually walk up and look at them and uh, yeah. it's just, you don't get it on, on a, on the digital screen. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you're walking by an event and you see that thing popping out at you, <laughs> you probably want to go take a closer look at it. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, a good eye grabber. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been up to trying to get back into physical world. Yeah. Sweet. I'll tell you what, why don't you send me some uh, NFT links for some of those, um, if they're still up and I'll put them in the description or in the video as well. Uh, so people, when they see that on the video, they can go ahead and click on it and sure. check it out. That'd be awesome. Cool. Yeah. All right, Thanks man. As always enjoy, uh, enjoy your time out there. I will, uh, stay safe in quarantine and yeah, same uh, with you. we'll talk soon. Cool. Peace.